everybody, and welcome to the Money Made Easy podcast. Every week, we will catch up with all things money, honey. It's your hosts, Angelica and Tisha. We're coming to you anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also follow along with us on Instagram at Money Made Easy Podcast and also on our website at MoneyMadeEasyPodcast.com. We'll be talking all things money, earning it, saving it, and investing it in the easiest way possible. Our goal is to educate, uplift, and empower you to feel confident in your financial decisions. Now, you may be asking yourselves, are you both money experts? (laughs) Heck no, not even close. We're far from it. We will be bringing on some of the best experts in the biz to set you up for success. Now, on to this week's show. Okay, guys, we are so excited about this episode. It's going to be a great one. This is our first listener request when we were just beginning and we asked uh, if anyone had any special topics they wanted us to get into. Real estate investing came up and let me tell you, we have somebody who knows her stuff. Rashana Scott is on with us and she is a real estate agent and investor. She is the founder of Flippin' in Heels. How great is that name? (laughs) Love it. It's where women investing in real estate win together. And she is all about encouraging, educating, and community, which we just love. So let's welcome Roshana Scott. Hello. Hey, hey. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for being on. Thank you for your time and for sharing it with us today and all of your good info. (laughs) Yeah, I'm very excited to be here. Uh, Yeah, we would love to start off with your background and how you got into real estate and investments um, with real estate and, you know, how your money mindset has shifted throughout the years, through your childhood into, into adulthood and all of that. So how I first got started in real estate, um, I was a sophomore in high school and we had a career day in high school. And I remember there was a guy and he came to um, speak at the school and he stated that he worked at AT AT&T. He was a manager at AT AT&T. However, even though he was a manager there, he did not depend on AT&T to provide for him and his family. And so he owned 400 vending machines across the city of Chicago. Um, and by the way, I'm from, uh, Chicago, the South okay. side of Chicago, born and raised, nice. <laughs> but, I love Chicago. but yeah, saying. so, so as soon as he mentioned that the idea of financial freedom or financial independence, you know, popped into my mind as he started to explain what it, what that really meant. Mm-hmm. And so from there, I knew that, you know, I wanted to be successful and I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I probably didn't even know what entrepreneur meant at the time. <laughs> But I knew, you know, financial <laughs> freedom, right? Like, that's what I knew. And so I uh, started researching as much as I could, reading books, going to free workshops, seminars, conferences, whatever I can find that was free. Because mind you, I was a broke college student, you know, when you mm-hmm. fast forward to when I was 19. And that's when I was, again, really just trying to figure this thing out. So I was learning about, like, credit and budgeting and, you know, all of these different things. And then someone gave me a book one day. And I said, okay, real estate is going to be the way. Like, I knew I wanted to be successful, but I wasn't sure exactly how I wanted to get there. And then when I read the book, I was like, real estate is going to be the way. So fast Do you remember forward, what book that was? Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh, okay. 
the book everyone reads <laughs> yeah 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 so yeah there was a guy who i actually was working um my first job i was working at the grocery store and he was a customer at the grocery store and we would you know often talk about things and then on one of our conversations he was like you know what i'm gonna bring you a book next time i come in mm-hmm. so so that's how that happened but yeah so fast forward um started to really just invest in myself so I got licensed I paid and got licensed so I was a leasing license in uh, 2013 and then immediately the year following I um, I let my license go because I was like I'm not making enough money I'm working Mm -hmm. full-time I'm in school full-time and I'm renting apartments on the side it just wasn't worth it (laughs) and I mean even some months like my monthly fees like my dues for my brokerage it was more than what I was making so Um, yeah so I let it go Uh, so a tip for those who are thinking about getting your license because I know a lot of people who are thinking about um, getting into real estate investing think that they have to have a real estate license to invest and that's false Hmm. Um, but anywho (laughs) so so you don't have a real estate license then I do no 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 I do okay what I'm saying is that there's a myth that people think you have to be licensed in order to be an investor okay Okay. Mm -hmm. yep so, um, so I did that. So I was licensed, um, but then I let it go because I don't want to do it anymore. And then I spent a lot of money in a real estate education program um, that I stayed in for two years. And I learned a lot of different aspects of investing. So wholesaling, short sales, lease options, um, subject to strategy, taxing strategies, um, you name it, right? And so right. I learned all of this um, 2014, 2015. I did that. And then fast forward, I did my first deal. I invested into someone else's project. So I was actually a private investor because again, I'm a young broke college student and I didn't have a lot of, um, <laughs> I didn't have a lot of money because I was paying my way through school. Um, right. I, I, you know, all my money was going to pay off that. So then in 2015, I invested in my first project, which allowed me to, um, pretty much utilize like the OPM strategy where I well, I I was an investor in someone else's project and I didn't even know that was possible. And so from there, I uh, went through some business partnerships and relationships that uh, didn't work out and learned many lessons. And then fast forward to today, uh, I am a licensed broker in the state of, the state of Illinois, and 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 broker and in Illinois, uh, the broker is equivalent to just a realtor or a real estate agent anywhere else oh, because okay. that term is used interchangeably here. In um, Illinois, we have a leasing agent, we have a, a broker, and then we have a managing broker. So, okay. How did so, you find how did you find the first project that you invested in? How did that so, come to you? So I met the lady through um the group that I was in. Yeah. Okay. Was, and then what did that look like? Was that a big investment, a small investment, partial investment, full investment? So the minimum details. investment. So it was a condo in Bronzeville and Bronzeville in Chicago is right next to Hyde Park where President mm-hmm. Obama is from. So you can imagine, you know, what the values are in Bronzeville. They were really, really good and um, and still are today. And so someone allowed me the opportunity to invest in one of their deals, which was a condo that she was going in and she was renovating. And um, she the minimum investment was five thousand dollars. And I said, 
wow, I really would love to get started in this project, but I'm 22 or 23 at the time. Again, a broke college student. All I have is $2,500. Say, can you, can I please, you know, be a part of this project? And I guess she thought about it and she allowed me to be a part of the project and she said, yes. Great. So that was that, the, the money that I made, like that feeling, um, I'll never forget that feeling. It, mm-hmm. it was, I, I have felt so, I felt like I achieved something great because I didn't yeah. have to do anything but write yeah. a check. <laughs> and I sat back and I got my 15%, my, my, my $375. Nice. <laughs> I got my 300 for not doing anything. But the great thing that I took away from that is that it allowed me to be involved in the project, right? Mm-hmm. So I showed up. I asked questions. I, you know, made myself available to learn because not only did I want to be an investor, but I also really wanted to learn how to do this on my own. Mm-hmm. So that was my very first project. And when you talk about that you made 15%, did you know going into it a set what what the projected yeah. um Yeah, 15% in uh 12 months. So you're a debt investor, um mm-hmm. not an equity pr- investor. So an equity investor is someone um, you make a percentage of the profit, right? But a debt investor is a flat return no matter what. Okay. Okay. Yeah. See, didn't know that. Thank you yeah, for so sharing that. So yeah, no, not a problem. So yeah, it was in my contract. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Which That's is, awesome. which is, yeah. Yeah. Which is actually uh 15% in 12 months. It, it's kind of standard. It, well, mm-hmm. it's a little high actually for today. Today is about 10 to 12. Okay. Well, so then, um, that's really interesting. I've never heard of this type of investing. Mm-hmm. Um, if the, is there a way that you might not have made that? Could the, like, if the project didn't turn out well, could you have lost your money? Was there some risk involved or is, is it pretty low risk? Um, it's low risk, but there's still risk, right? Like nothing right. In is guaranteed, not even real estate. Yeah. So not, not, not even the stock market, you know, nothing. Right. right? And, um, so there's risk, but, but you yeah, you, yeah, you, I mean, there's something because about, of where it was located and because of the numbers you felt really good about exactly, it. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So it's a matter of taking calculated risk, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you can measure, um, the benefits as well as the losses, but if the benefits outweigh the, the, you know, potential loss then take the risk. And that's so cool. I mean, $375 in a year when you weren't, you know, that's, and that had to feel so great for your first investment. That's so cool. I love that story. Oh, thank you for sharing that. So then you just, what was your next one? We want to hear, tell us more. (laughs) Uh, So, um, so the next one wasn't as easy as, uh, some people make it sing. Yes. So my next one was actually in inside of a partnership. Well, I actually no. So my next real estate involvement or my next investment? Whichever you prefer to talk about. Well, both of them were uh, lessons. <laughs> both of them went went you went know. south. Yeah, but but they were lessons. So one of them, um, I invested a number, a, a big amount of money with, a nice chunk of change um, with someone who I thought I could trust, but I didn't have, uh, I was younger, a lot younger, mm-hmm. and I felt like I was more naive and just uneducated 
and eager, right? Yes. Because mm-hmm. I love real estate and I just wanted to get involved. And so um, not having the right contracts in place is really what is really what did a disservice to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. I didn't know. Right. right. So yeah. you don't know what you don't know. And yeah. too often we don't admit that. And that's really what it was. Um, and so shameless plug, that's actually the, one of the inspirations for the book that I'm writing called confidence and contracts, because oh, nice. when I was younger, um, I didn't have the confidence to stand up for myself, like in these deals, in these situations, mm-hmm. in these conversations. And so not only did I not have the confidence to do it, but I didn't have the right contracts in place to do so. Mm-hmm. So sharing those stories with people and those failures with people. But anyway, so to answer your next question, my next deal, I invested money with someone and it didn't work out so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that happens. And contracts yeah. are so important. And yeah. Uh, I'm a calligrapher and that's one of the things that is talked about so much with calligraphers is even on, you know, a small, even if it's a, you know, semi-small job, mm-hmm. if it's, whether it's a hundred dollars or 500 or a thousand, you still need a contract or right. otherwise you can do all this work and not get paid or uh, end up having to do three times as much work as you should be doing. There's, Mm -hmm, it's just so important. And I'm sure with you too, Angelica, in your photography business, I'm sure you don't do a single job without a contract. No, I mean, they're just so important because they set the expectations to both for both parties and what each party is going to contribute. And I mean, I think, I mean, I'm excited to read your book because I think that's such an important topic. I mean, no one ever really talks about contracts. They're like, oh yeah, I did this job, blah, blah, blah. But you don't realize how I'm, you know, such a pivotal thing to have in your business. Yeah. And really, I mean, yeah. In (laughs) any business. Yeah. I feel like people don't break it down enough. Like even in my real estate group that I was in, they, they said, you know, if you can't afford an an attorney, you know, you probably shouldn't, shouldn't invest. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was the only, that was the only advice that they gave. They didn't give any, yeah. you know, around. That's pretty vague. Uh, <laughs> very vague, right? And so they didn't <laughs> give anything regarding, hey, this is the conversation you should be having mm-hmm. with the other party. This is, I mean, my partnership today is God sent because, mm-hmm. well, and, you know, and some faith and, you know, some prayer and, and something <laughs> else, right? And Dylan. And diligence on your part in finding the right partner, I'm sure, too. Well, well, and not moving too quick either, right? Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. so having that patience and, you know, I guess a little bit of wisdom since I'm approaching 30. <laughs> <laughs> You've got wisdom, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, but, but yes, yes, yes. People, we don't have that conversation enough to say this person, this person should, should not make you feel less than. When, you know, when you're, when you're entering into a business agreement with them, um, you should talk about what happens, you know, when we lose money, not if we lose money, we should talk about, uh, like you said, um, Angelica expectations, right? What are mm-hmm. we expecting from each party to do? And, you know, I think so often we get into business, whether it be with our friends or with our family, and we feel as though we have an agreement, but there's yeah. so much that needs to be talked about and, and written down. Mm-hmm. So not to go off on a tangent there, but contract. So 
So yes, to answer your question from like 30 minutes ago, <laughs> that was my first deal was uh, investing in someone else's. I mean, that was my second deal. I invested a lot of money into someone else's project and it didn't um, go so good. Okay. Um, you briefly mentioned, uh, wholesaling there's, I think you've said before, there's four ways to invest in real estate. Could we go through some of those? You can give us some details because you say wholesaling and I don't even know what you're talking about (laughs) as far as real estate goes. So if you could expand on that, that would be a great place to start. I feel. So wholesaling in real estate is really the same as any other industry. So you are pretty much the middleman. You know, you're supplying the product or the service and you're getting paid a fee um, to, from, from connecting the, uh, in in real estate, the seller to the buyer or like in any industry, you know, the, so is that the, like the, um, the realtor, is that what the, so in regards to wholesaling, so you are pretty much the middleman between the buyer and the seller. In most states, you do not have to be licensed to do that. Okay. And now talking to the average person, they would say, or they would think, well, isn't that a realtor shop? Yeah. But that's why more states today are incorporating that um, the law that people actually be licensed. So Illinois just passed that license that you have to be, uh, well, actually they didn't pass the license. They made a modification to an existing uh, law. So they just changed the law regarding investing and wholesaling. And basically you have to be licensed in order to wholesale, but pretty much that's all wholesale is, is being the middleman between the buyer and the seller. And you can charge what you want to charge in the middle. So if you, are a distressed seller, um, meaning someone who needs to sell their house and you say, Hey, you know, I want to sell, you know, my house for, um, $30,000. I just need to get out, but it might be worth, it might be worth one twenty, right. It might be worth one fifty, but, but in that condition, right. So it has to, someone has to go in and have to fix it up and then, and then they have to put it back out to the market, you know, for them Mm -hmm. to make money on it. So essentially a flip. Right. But in order for that to happen, um, a wholesaler, you know, who's saying they're going to sell their house at 30,000, they can come to me and then I turn around and I sell to Mr. Flipper. Right. Because Mr. Flipper, I say, hey, Mr. Flipper, I have this house is $40,000, but I'm getting it from the seller. I'm getting it under contract with the seller at $30,000. So pretty much you are exchanging um, you're, you're assigning your rights to that contract. So you have a contract with a seller that gives you a right to assign that contract to someone else and in buyer at a different price and you make your commission or your fee in the, in the middle. Okay. 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 So the other types of investing in real estate, so you have flipping, you have wholesaling, you have uh, buy and hold, and then you have uh, being a private investor as I explained in my first deal. Um, a lot of people are are familiar with being a landlord or buy and hold um, or also flipping thanks to, you know, all of the fabulous shows that we have Mm -hmm. out. Right. Those are the two most common ones that people are familiar with. And then you have wholesaling and being a private investor, which I just broke down those. And you have flipping in heels. So you are all about 
about that. Can you share some of your experience with that and um, what your best advice is for that? So Flippin' in Heels was created because I, when I really started to grow and expand, when I wanted to grow and expand my brand on social media, I said, okay, what woman is out there who is really doing her thing and investing that I can look up to, that I can, um, you know, possibly ask to mentor me or whatever the case, right? Somebody I can buy their course or whatever. And I couldn't find her. And so I was like, okay, you know, this is what Flippin' Hills is going to be. It's a, it's a community. It has to be something that is for women because there's so many things that aren't. And plus mm-hmm. it's a very male dom- dominated industry. So Yes. Women can not only cut the check, but we can cash the check. We can be wholesalers. We can be flippers. We can be landlords, general contractors, developers. You know, we can do all of that. We can wear the boots and we can wear the heels and the hard hats and the vests. We can do it all and we can wear the dress. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, so, so to really just highlight that, highlight women, uh, create a community and really have that conversations, those conversations that need to be had. Uh, amongst women within this industry. Okay. I love that. I think that's amazing. So you couldn't find it and you became it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, I I, I did seek to create it and to create that um, with, with women, within, within women, around women, for women. So, um, so yeah. Have you ever, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing what the answer is, but I'm curious to hear, have you, ever faced resistance from, because I'm sure it is a mostly male dominated field that you're right smack dab in the middle from, in the middle of it. And I'm guessing now that you're an expert, it's less, but uh, have there times when you were maybe excused or not listened to because of the fact that you were just, because you were a woman? No, I don't think, um, and it's funny, I think that's the first time somebody's ever asked me that. I don't, mm, not that I can recall. That's awesome. If, if so, it was so minor. It was more so not being educated because that's what I feel we use as an excuse, right? Oh, I'm too young. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I'm a woman. Uh, oh, I'm not, not the right color, Right. Like we use so much as an excuse when really it's a matter of you knowing your stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Because mm-hmm. when you show up in a room and you know what's going on, you know what's being talked about, you know how to handle yourself. Nobody can say anything to you. There you go. And I so the respect, that. that's where the respect comes in at. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's and great. so, yeah, so I was always especially being young and that was one thing that now I will say that I did use that kind of as an excuse like I'm young right so I did mm-hmm. use that a couple of times growing up but but being in a lot of those rooms people would be shocked mm-hmm. that I was there you know yeah. I, oftentimes I was the youngest person in the room like I said I was going to the real estate workshops and seminars and said you know do you think there were that that was not a 20 year old hangout yeah <laughs> <laughs> right right so um, so yeah, uh, that reminds me of your quote. I love it when you said, "You research Real Housewives. I research real estate." <laughs> I saw that on one of your. How long ago did I? How long ago did I say that? 
That was a, I think that was a I don't long, know. Long I'll have to go back and look. Yeah, can you send me that post? <laughs> was it really? I just that hopped that, out. That was I a, will look for it. I just because I just wrote it down. That's so I'll awesome. Definitely, that's I'll, I'll, uh, I'm like I'm a lame. I like to go back and see how I was thinking like two, three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so interesting. I, yeah. So I actually saw on Instagram that you recently had a 24 year old close on an investment property. And that seems to happen very often for you as a millennial. I am very interested in real estate. Um, but I feel like that's not a normal thing to be interested in as a millennial. Um, but yeah, how are you getting millennials interested in real estate? Is it, you know, through your platform or what's the feedback you've been getting and all of that? So yes, it's definitely through my platform. Um, it is through, and, and you know what? I don't really, it's so funny. I don't have to try really hard to be honest because I think we're always, uh, especially kids, we're always chasing the next best thing, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why we follow celebrities and we can, we keep up with the nonsense and the gossip and, you know, whatever's going on on TV, right? Because we're, we, we want to go to school the next day or we want to go to work the next day and we want to be involved in the conversations, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so real estate is actually very hot right now. It's a hot thing. And so, so I don't have to push it that hard, but the thing that's important to me that I push is generational wealth, right? Mm -hmm. So generational wealth and educating yourself and being knowledgeable and knowing what's going on. You know, I don't know um, too many folks, uh, especially not really too many of my friends who grew up talking about wealth building and financial freedom and things like that around the dinner table, right? I don't, mm -hmm. that, that wasn't my norm. So, so really pushing that message and saying, hey, this needs to be the norm. Um, and then of course, I'm particularly um, passionate about commu my community, right? Mm -hmm. Talking to my community and saying, hey, you guys know, like, again, this, these conversations were not had at home. So just being very passionate about that and pushing that. And if you follow me, that's what you're gonna get. So it's almost like, you know, it, it, it's, it's really what you, what you see is not only what you get, but what you download is really what you become, right? Because we are, we consume so much all day mm -hmm. long. We are oh, consuming, yeah. right? Like those who are listening to this podcast right now, you're consuming this. Now you're consuming something amazing, but <laughs> you are still downloading this. So what you download is is what you become. And so uh, by people following me, by it being a hot topic, by me sharing resources, the information, sharing the knowledge, giving the content, people want it, they share it, they see it, um, and they want to be a part of the conversation. And then we all have FOMO, right? The fear of missing out. So yeah, yes. So if he did it, you know, I want to do it. And, you know, mm -hmm. if she did it, I can do it too. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Well, and I think it's, I mean, with your community, you're opening up those conversations that are not really re readily easy to find. And so, I mean, I think that's why people are so drawn to your platform is they're like, wow, like one, like woman in real estate, I've never, you know, I mean, you see, you see it here and there, but like it, I don't know, it's just so easy to find that information in, in your platform. So it, I'm sure that's why, you know, so many people gravitate towards it. You make it seem very accessible. Yes. Exactly. Accessible for the every, for, for every, you know, it's like, oh, I don't have to be like Miss Super Knowledge. I can, it's just an everyday person can do this. I guess that's what I feel 
like when I see it, you make it seem, you make it seem easy and, and something very doable. Mm. So you're doing a good job. <laughs> of course, with hard work and dedication and all the time spent. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I didn't mean. No, no, I mean, no. no. That yeah, we know Accessible. That. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. You, no, you know what? And it's funny you say that. I, I'm, I'm so glad that you um, interrupted her, Angelica, because that's what people think, right? People think it's easy. People think, you know, it's it's. I mean, and I used to get offended, right? But now mm-hmm. I think it as a compliment um, that people, my girlfriend, she pointed yes. out to me the other day, she was like, you go to properties every day. And then I was like, yeah. And she was like, every single day. <laughs> and I was like, yep, I sure do. She was like, like, you are really doing this. And then I think the next day I was at a property and I was like, yeah, I guess I'm... <laughs> That's you what know, it takes. That's exactly what it takes. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get to my 10,000 hours, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm trying to get to my 10,000 hours because <laughs> you know, when you reach that, then you then you just hit expert status. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, um, just going after, you know, what I love and being fully emerged into it and um, just giving it what I have and having the conversations about what I believe in. When I was younger, actually... I think I was like 20, 21. I mean, even then I had good credit because again, from reading these books and things like that, I knew Mm -hmm. I wanted to be successful. In order to be successful, I needed to have good credit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything. I didn't know much at 20, 21, but I knew that much. Um, And even before then, like I, I remember when I turned 18, you know, there was such a negative cloud around credit cards and you know, don't go to, college and open up credit cards and credit card debt is bad and it's just all of the, these things and then I started to read and research and it opened up my mind to you know start to ask questions about um why is credit card bad or even just learning that people use credit cards to like mm-hmm. you know do something called leverage and even when I was right. 18 you know I asked my mom I said um you know no I'm sorry I was 17 I was turning 18 and I said hey you know, I'm about to turn 18. I'm going to be able to get my first credit card. Um, can you, uh, can you tell me or can you teach me or something like that? Oh, no, no, no. I said, how, I said, how do you build good credit? And um, she looked at me and she said, I don't know. And wow. so from there, yeah. And so from there, I was like, okay, I got to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how did That's- you go about figuring that one out? Yeah, no, like I said, so just the the research, the reading. Yeah. I did a lot of reading. Did a lot of reading. Um, so the reading and I'm and I was not a reader. Like any certain books that you other than I know you said Rich Dad, Poor Dad earlier, but were there any others that you specifically like? So if I can think about all of them, <laughs> um, because that's the thing, I didn't read a ton of books. Like I have some friends who they read like 20 books a year no the compound effect um and then retire young retire rich so i've seen you refer to house hacking can you explain what house hacking is or what it's about yes so house hacking is pretty much a term to where you are living in your personal residence and it is 
only referring to your personal residence because when you purchase a personal residence, meaning a property that you plan on living in, you get better terms, right? You get a lower down payment, you get a lower interest rate, you know, it's pretty much the lowest across the nation uh, mm -hmm. compared to investor rates, right? Um, and so you are in your personal residence and you rent out areas in your home or in your building. So you can purchase a single family home. Let's say you are living in a four bedroom and you rent out the second, third and fourth bedroom, right? Mm -hmm. okay. um, or you are living in a building, um, a two, three or four unit, it would be up to four units because uh, once you get to five plus that's commercial. And so you can purchase up to a four unit and live in one unit and rent the other units out to other tenants. And so essentially the, the quote unquote hack is you are living um, mortgage free and ideally rent free, right? Because you no longer have to pay rent because now you own a building or this house and um, the, in, in the right scenario or in a perfect, I shouldn't say right, but in the best scenario, you are living for free and you are take you get some take home, right? After mm -hmm. that's the best scenario of house hacking. But it also works if you're just breaking even because again, mm -hmm. you eliminated your rent payment or even if you were able to reduce your rent payment, right? So let's say you were right. paying, you know, two grand a month in rent and now you only have to pay $500 to own, right? Mm -hmm. So knowing those numbers and where it makes sense and basically uh living again in one home or in a building and renting out other areas or other units to pay the mortgage <laughs> now would you so if you're renting like a bedroom in your house would you need a license for that or can you do it through airbnb or what like i guess how would you go about even like making that room available for rent oh that's a great question so you can, you do not need a license um, in, in any state. Uh, you do not need a license. You can definitely Airbnb um, if you are in a, an area that allows Airbnb, right? And you have mm -hmm. to abide by the certain Airbnb uh, rules and regulations because Airbnb laws are sort of, sort of in line with hotel laws mm -hmm. and so you want to make sure that if you do plan on doing an airbnb that you check with your local attorney um but then in regards to just being a, a landlord and renting them out i mean you can put them on Craigslist, right mm -hmm. so you can just put it out or you can put it on any of the sites that are out there you know for you to search for mm -hmm. Um, apartments or places for rent. So it can be an entire bedroom. It can be just a unit. So it really doesn't matter um, in terms of the marketing. But um, if you want to Airbnb it again, as long as you're somewhere that allows it, because for example, like most condo associations won't mm -hmm. allow it. Yeah. A lot of them won't anymore. At first, you know, when it was new, it wasn't a big thing, but now it's become a big thing because now you have other condo owners who own in the building. And right. they're like, why do I see a different person walking down the hall every week? You know, that doesn't make you feel safe, right? So yeah. obviously they've um, gotten, you know, some have gotten like very strict about it and what have you. And essentially you're running a business too. So yeah, you know, there's a business with strangers walking in and out, <laughs> you know, next door with... Mm -hmm next to right. where you lay your head at night. So, yeah. so there are certain laws and things around that. Um, but yeah. Great. 
Thanks for that. So if you decided to rent a room um, out, I'm guessing you would need a contract with, I mean, obviously we already talked about contracts, but um, so you would want a contract with that tenant, you know, obviously to have some sort of agreement on how long and how much. Absolutely. Yeah. A lease agreement. So just like with any other landlord tenant situation, um, just like you're renting an apartment, right? Mm -hmm. From your landlord or from the property management company or from whomever, there is a lease agreement in place. Um, so yeah, and, and the lease, you know, and, and and let me not get too technical here, right? Because you should always refer to your local mm-hmm. LTO, your landlord tenant ordinance. Um, but I, I want to say that in a lease, a lease is just a contract, right? So contracts are negotiable, and so you know, depending on um, your city or your um, your municipalities laws and regs pretty much you know what you want to have in that contract in that lease agreement you know if it comes to uh from playing music loud to having pets mm-hmm. all the way down to uh you know when you can wash your clothes right because yeah. because the laundry room is right next to my room and i don't want to be hearing the mm-hmm. the dryer banging at 2 a.m right you know wow. and, and that may sound silly but that can be no. your contract that yeah. can be your yeah. lease agreement so so yes, to answer your question, absolutely, um, a contract in place uh, with those individuals that you're renting out, whether it's different units inside of a four-unit building or bedrooms inside of a single-family home. Awesome. Well, this has been amazing information. Now I just want to so invest good. in all the real estate. <laughs> I mean, I need the money first, but you know. Um, I haven't even scratched the surface. Yeah, I know. I know. I th- I was just going to say, I think we are going to need a follow-up episode yes. for sure. <laughs> real estate uh, 2.0. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this was 101. Now we're going to, we'll have, um, Get this more. is 1.0. We'll go to 2.0. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for all of this amazing information. Um, We always end every episode with two questions that we like to ask all our guests. Um, The first question is, what is your definition of success? My definition of success is being where you want to be. Um, And, you know, period, right? (laughs) But, 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 But everywhere, right? So being where you want to be um, in life and, um, in your spirituality and mm-hmm. your health, your, uh, your family life, your personal life, like, are you where you want to be? Um, you know, does it look like what you want it to look like? Mm-hmm. And I think working towards that and getting better and not being where you were yesterday or a week ago or a month mm-hmm. ago, right? I think that's success because I feel like <laughs> I don't know if we I don't know if we ever really reach that, right? Yeah. Because it's always changing. Why do we work so hard? Mm-hmm. I mean, even Oprah's still working, right? Yeah. Like, right. Every time I turn around, she coming out with something new. She got eyes <laughs> <with> something now, <laughs> so right? True. You know, or like burgers, and she's selling something, but. You know, but, but, and not even like, oh, it's, it's about success and it's about money, but we always want more and, and that's okay, right? That's not a bad thing. And mm-hmm. whether we want more, we want to grow deeper in our faith. We want to get better with our health. We want to get better with our eating habits, right? So wanting more and wanting to be the best at whatever it is that you give your attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I love that. Say, 
I love that. that. That's so good. Okay. And then also, what are the three words that come to mind when you think about money? You know, I don't know. It's, it's right now in this moment, if you, I don't know, maybe if you ask me tomorrow, but right now in this moment, it's like, I don't know, maybe because money can sometimes have so much of a negative connotation, Mm -hmm. right? There's Mm -hmm. this negative cloud that lingers around the word money. And it's really not about the money. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. If no, definitely not. Three words that I can. Um... Like we had somebody who one of their words for money was neutral because she said it shouldn't be about, it shouldn't be so emotional. And I thought that was brilliant because it's like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's one of the reasons why we started this podcast is because <laughs> yeah, when you hear the word money, it is, it does bring up so much. Yeah, and so really- yeah, yeah. That's okay. Um, so, so, so as soon as you just said neutral, um, I immediately thought of transferable. Just get one. <laughs> yeah, you can just give one. Okay, yeah. one. Yeah. Okay, it, it shares the background about how mm-hmm. you know when we mention the word money and right. thinking about that, the emotion that does come up, and Absolutely. and I think that's so true. And like I said, why we started this podcast so that cool. it's. So that it, to make it more comfortable to talk about money okay. and uh, because the more we talk about it, the easier it is to talk about and the easier it is to learn about how to make more and be more comfortable with it and make our lives more comfortable. So. I just came up with my second word. Yeah. Oh, Great. What is it? You're inspiring me. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> difficult. Ooh. That's interesting. Do you think, okay, so difficult is that uh, I'm curious how you feel about money mindset and the whole lack mentality, scarcity, or abundance. Do you, do you um, work with that? Do you subscribe to that thought and how do you, how do you improve upon that? Yeah. You can only operate um, in faith and you can only operate with integrity if you have an abundant mindset. Mm-hmm. because those who don't those who lack are operating with a scarcity mindset you know you have to have the mentality that there's enough out here for everyone you know mm-hmm. my brother or my sister or anybody you know you are not my competition right yeah so right we when we feel like that I mean so you have to you have to have an abundant mindset um in order to be successful Mm-hmm. So when you say difficult, so when I say difficult, I money is difficult because you know I was on an elevator uh, one time at um, a job that I had before, and it was around the holidays, and they have like the TV monitors in the elevator where they uh, you know they have news that flashes and you know tells mm-hmm. the time and the temperature and things like that. And sometimes they'll have like a blog article and it said the most difficult uh, conversations or it said something about the top five uh, conversations to avoid around family time, around Christmas dinner or whatever, around the holidays. And and number one was death and number two was finances. Wow. And I said, how in the heck is it that a conversation around 
wealth building and credit and budgeting and salary and raises, like how is that conversation that much detrimental? And the, the answer to that is that it's not, but we make it so, right? Because mm-hmm. of jealousy, because of, you know, being envious of one another, right? Like I don't want to share with my sister how much money I make a year because I think she's, you know, going to try and take it all or always going to yeah. ask for money, right? Or I right. don't want to share the fact that I have a 450 credit score because I filed you know, chapter 13 bankruptcy, um, but the person sitting next to you, they might be able to solve those problems, right? Mm -hmm. Or they might know someone who just experienced the same thing. And so I push to have those conversations. Like it's very, you can be very comfortable to me talking about, you know, I have a 450 credit score because my very, the very next thing that comes out of my mouth is, okay, so let's figure out what we need to do. You know, it's not, it's not, I'm not going to talk about you. I'm not going to laugh at Mm -hmm. you. I'm not going to, you know, people, you know, I I don't want to get emotional here. Like, I mean, it really is, you know, one of those things that we are not having the conversations that we should. Mm -hmm. We're having Mm -hmm. conversations about things that don't even matter. You know, we're talking about, we're talking about what happened, you know, at the, on TV last night, you know, like, mm-hmm. it, it, and it doesn't even matter. Like, like even on social media, right. I don't follow celebrities. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't get caught up. And yes, as the millennial, I don't follow celebrities. I don't get caught up in um, the drama or the gossip. You know, I really try to pay attention to um, what matters. But yeah, so to mm-hmm. answer your question, I love that. Money, yeah, money can be difficult. I mean, money can split up families, right? Mm-hmm. It has mm-hmm. marriages. Yeah. Um, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah. I love wow. that. That's so, so good. Well, and I'd love to go back to your first word transferable, um, and kind of talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. So this is the, uh, other part of the brain, <laughs> <laughs> the business part. Yeah. <laughs> um, not so much the emotional, <laughs> passion, passionate part. So money is transferable. And when I learned that, uh, I can't remember if I had read a quote or what, whatever it was, but um, money is never made or lost, right? Like you don't make money, you don't lose money. Um, money is simply transferred. So you have to think about how money is being transferred to you or from you. And so when you realize that it's just transferable, because mm-hmm. just because you spent $50 doesn't mean that $50 got wiped off of the earth. Yeah. Right. Like, even though it's gone mentally out of our minds, out of our hands, it didn't go anywhere. It just went to someone else. So it transferred. Mm-hmm. So I think shifting the mindset to understanding that um, this, you know, when you're in business, it's about how can you make the money transfer mm-hmm. to you? And I mean, this year, I mean, the past couple of years, I've been trying to be more conscious about like where I'm spending my money and, Mm -hmm. you know, what businesses I'm like, you know, investing in by buying their product or whatever it is. And I I love the way that you said that because it was so beautiful. It was like, you're not just, you know, yes, like you no longer have that $50, but now you're investing in someone who, you know, maybe a small business who, you know, you know, I, I think as the the small business owners, yeah, we, we really appreciate, you know, that, um, 
that investment. So I, I love the way that you said that. It was just so beautiful. I had to that is, that, that was really great. <laughs> yeah. Glad you asked her to expand on that for yes. sure. <laughs> well, now if you could just uh, be sure and share where we can find you, any projects you're working on right now, all the good stuff. Yes, yes, yes. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Oh, good. <laughs> I felt like I was rambling, like, for half. Oh, no. So. You were great. We will perfect. definitely want to have you on for a follow-up okay. episode, for sure. So, so you can find me across all social media platforms as Rashana Scott, R-A-S-H-A-U-N-A-S-C-O-T-T. Um, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, but... If you're really looking for me, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, that's where I am. And uh, Flipping in Heels as well is on Instagram. Uh, in terms of projects, in terms of real estate projects, uh, my partner and I, we have two fix and flip projects that we have going on right now um, in the city of Chicago. We also have two rental properties that we are currently rehabbing right now, and then we'll turn around and rent out. And we have a couple more projects that are um, under contract that we're waiting to close. In regards to the digital form, uh, I'm actually launching a women's only uh, membership for beginner real estate investors. And mm -hmm. it'll be a call where we talk twice a month and we are breaking down the basics of uh, investing in real estate. And of course, that's through the Flippin' in Heels um, platform, and that'll be posted definitely on online on Instagram um, when that's available. Nice, awesome, that's incredible! Definitely so have excited. to be looking for that and yes. sign up. <laughs> then, yeah, and then I'm speaking all over the place. I mean, mm -hmm. my next event, so I'm, so I'm actually co-hosting a women's mastermind retreat next week in Denver, but so oh, that's amazing. already sold out. But awesome. I'm speaking in um Philadelphia at a women's only real estate investing retreat. So that is has picked up more and more like mm -hmm. I was just in LA and oh, we missed you. I know. We and it oh. was a really great event. We met at um Lux Hotel. Okay. Oh yeah. Definitely. Oh man, I'm so bummed I missed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um so anyhow anyhow. You can find me maybe coming to a city near you. Yes. <laughs> Great. That would be amazing. Yes. We'll have to definitely keep our eyes peeled for that. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank uh -huh. you so much. And we'll look forward to having you on again soon. Okay. You all know the drill. Please go give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. And might as well hit that subscribe button while you're there. And let's keep the conversation going on Instagram. Share your favorite part from this week's show. And we'll see you next Money Monday. Bye. Bye.